I hate mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. They don't gnaw on me as much as they gnaw on the other members of my family. They don't like your blood. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not the most popular flavor. <laughs> Actually, doesn't the U.S. have a bit of a scare with malaria or something at the moment? Malaria has not really ever been a big thing, but it's looking like Florida and Texas. <laughs> Identification of locally acquired malaria cases. Just living in the U.S. basically sucks donkey cock, honestly. <laughs> I am not fond of this country at all. I wish we could figure out a viable way of leaving. It's not as easy as just saying it, is it? No, hell no, it's not. You kind of plant it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. My uh, middleist, since he's never taken seminary while he's been in high school, we'll have enough credits to graduate by the end of third year. So <laughs> but we want him to stay in for his fourth year because if he does that, he can go to the local community college and get credits for free. Oh, yeah. He could get certification in coding and... Is he interested in that? Yeah, he actually really likes coding. That's awesome. More power too, because I tried to do coding when I was in college. My dad, he said that you need to do something that'll make you a lot of money. And I found out that I hated coding. Like, I just couldn't get it and it just made me mad. Yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> In the Mormon church, you're taught if you have bad thoughts pop into your mind, you should say a prayer, sing a hymn or something like that <sighs> in order to push those thoughts away. Just having the thoughts are just as bad as doing it. My little boy is autistic. That was not good for him. No. If he would think the word darn or crap or something like that in his head, he thought that he needed to sing one of the Mormon church songs and he would do that under his breath and it was becoming obsessive. Yeah. I was getting bad. His therapist like, well, you know what the easiest way to get past this is? Leave the church? <laughs> we got there. <laughs> he said, no, start swearing around him. Remove the taboo from that. Right. I was like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> so I was like, I am 100% behind that. The older two in school, they were hearing swear words all the time, but they still, anytime they caught me swearing, they're like, dad, don't do that. <laughs> but then I was like, well, I need to do this. I have to swear. For your little brother's mental health. So <laughs> took my youngest probably about two weeks and then he stopped doing that. And he started being able to sleep at night. Oh, that's so good. And now we all swear. Like, <laughs> just a lot. Except for my wife, when she swears, 90% of the time, she is repeating something that I said and there was a swear word in it. She's quotidian. She loves to do a sing-song back at me. <laughs> it used to be that we would tease her about not swearing. And now I'm like, you know what? If she's going to swear, she'll swear. It has to come from the heart. <laughs> yes. Not only that, she's just so damn stubborn. So the more we push her on it, the more she's going to push back on it. That's right. I've heard her swear talking about Mormon podcasts. Yeah. I have to prevent myself from going, who is that shit? That'll set her right back another six months. <laughs> I really relate to that story there about your son when he had that obsessive thing with the swearing that he had to do to sort of fix it. You know, he's so lucky that his religiously influenced parents were big enough to go, you know what, we need to actually drop this bad idea that comes from religion because it's hurting him. Right. So I take my hat off to you because I think a lot of parents wouldn't see religion as the problem, but it is. And it can cause these sorts of things in certain kinds of kids. Yeah. It caused it in me. 
because I had pretty much the same thing. I would think things and you can't control your thoughts, but then I'd feel the need to like say a little prayer or say some sort of mantra in my head. Right, yeah. And it took up all of my thinking time. It was so hard to talk to people or do schoolwork. It's OCD, but you don't see it. It's in your head. Unlike your son, where he was deprogrammed from it pretty much as soon as it was discovered, I just sat on it until I was an adult. And now, like I'm pretty good now. You know what? It still lingers from time to time, even though I don't think God is real. You can't get rid of it. It's so difficult. It's ingrained. I have trouble saying damn. That's the one I have the most trouble with because damn means curse. I know that's crazy. Like I can say fuck shit, whatever, but and I have to practice these things. It does become easier, but sometimes I get snagged. Thanks so much for sharing about your family there. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's the best word to describe it. <laughs> My baby sister stepped away from the church last year. Okay. But the couple of times I've tried to talk to her about anything, she's like, well, I still believe, I think it's the organization. I still believe in God. <laughs> oh my God. Since then, I was like, we'll just talk about tattoos. Yeah, she's kind of into that, isn't she? Which is fine. You know, so am I, but. Whatever gets you there. Yeah, exactly. Mom and dad are going to come and do Thanksgiving with me and my baby sister. So that'll be fun. Oh, I can't wait to hear the uh, breakdown after that. <laughs> finally got around to reading this Wall Street Journal article that Divchina and Ed posted in our little Mormon dump. That's what we call the chat note we've got. <laughs> they just post anything Mormon related and it's really great just to sort of keep across what's happening. There was this guy in it called Gerald Corsay. I think he's second counselor for the presiding bishop. And he was like because we believe the gospel has to be taken to all the world he actually uses the word grandiose. We have kind of a grandiose vision of the future. Wasn't that the article about all the temple buildings it is about the temple buildings, but also about the slush fund. It's about all sorts of things. I thought you were talking about the guy who said something to the effect of, we filed incorrect information just because we felt that it's not necessary for us to check that box or something like that. Right. Why don't I just read that? That was <laughs> Insane Peaks. What's it called? Ensign. It's close. I think I'll call it Insane Peaks from now on. There you go. Sounds like a crazy miniseries. <laughs> kind of like Twin Peaks. Somehow weirder and more strange. With more embezzlement. <laughs> yeah, definitely with that. Yeah, they intentionally filed like a low number for their income or something because they were like trying to say, we weren't going to tell you how much we were making. So we just put a figure there because we thought we had to put something. It was clear that we were saying this is not the correct figure. Yeah. Why would you file it at all then? Well, because they were required to. But you're required to put the right amount too, right? Ensign Peak said, hey, you could get in trouble for this. Right. And I love how they threw Ensign Peak under the bus. In the SEC filing, it says point blank that Ensign Peak was directed from the first presidency to do this multiple times. <laughs> and it's just, it's infuriating. They quote a fellow who was the whistleblower. The former employee, David Nielsen, said, Insane Peak shouldn't be treated as a tax-exempt charity because it didn't use any of its money for religious, charitable, or educational activities. They got smacked down for doing it there in Australia, your home country, where they were funneling charitable donations. I want to know what's going to happen with that, hey? I saw a Reddit thread the other day where the church is obviously winding down 
down, oh. funneling the money through whatever loophole they were. Okay. Because they were going to get taxed for it. So they've stopped doing it. I wonder what they're doing instead. Something else nefarious, I'm sure. <laughs> I think it might have been in this article elsewhere. They said that like in the past, the temples were more austere, like maybe in the 90s and the early 2000s or whatever. But now some of these new temples, they talked about one of them that has like stone from Bethlehem. And we're talking like not Bethlehem, United States, but Bethlehem, Israel. Part of it is they're like, well, we have all this money. What do we do with it? Well, we'll use it to glorify the Lord here in the States. The people that design the temples, they're all related to the Mormon church. They all tie back in. It's money laundering, basically. Right. That's not glorifying the Lord. Rewarding those who have done the church a solid or keeping the money in those pioneering families. So I think we can probably expect to see larger temples going forward. They're going to return to grandeur. They're just going to sink all of the cash into these things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but at the same time, it was in Helena, Montana. There was a temple built modularly. Modularly? Tell me more. Well, do you guys have like modular homes where they build in one place and then they ship the parts to the other place and assemble it? Yeah. Well, that's what they did with one of the temples. That's so wacky. That's I so know. weird. Yeah, it I is. mean, it's not as weird as that candlestick salad that <laughs> someone posted on Reddit that came straight out of one of the church's magazines. Yeah. That then they took out of it because it looked too phallic. They didn't realize it at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in the original recipe, it was only a three-inch piece. <laughs> the original recipe was only three inches. I remember my mom had inherited a bunch of cookbooks and Better Homes and Garden magazines from my grandmother. Oh, yeah. Man, they had some fucked up shit in there. It wasn't just moms <laughs> that were making weird-ass wacky food. It was everybody back in the 50s and 60s. Oh, my God. My folks were full-blown adults when they first heard Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon by looking at the plates and having the scribes sit on the other side of the table. They heard that Joseph Smith never, ever was a polygamist. They heard all this stuff preached as gospel. What do they think of the gospel topic essays? Well, as with most Mormons, they don't even know it exists. They don't know it exists. It's like putting it out there for the true believing Mormon. They don't even have to read it. They just have to know that the church has addressed it. And so it's okay. That's right. Turn off your brain. When people find the gospel topic essays, that's actually a significant starting path for many ex-Mormons. For a lot of Mormons who have tough questions and they look and they're like, but I can't look at anything anti-Mormon, which just means not sucking the Mormon church's dick 24-7. <laughs> Come in my mouth, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, gross. So they find the gospel topic essays, which are buried on the church's website. They're kind of hard to find, but they are published by the church. So they're safe. These people get into it and they find out that Joseph Smith was fucking other men's wives. Right. And Joseph Smith was looking at a rock in a hat. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my God, they told me this is a lie. And now I'm finding out they're admitting to it. So part of me wants to talk to my mom and dad. What do you guys think about that? But at the same time, I'm like, they're old. Do I really want to? I've got a reason why you should, James. Well, yeah, what's that? 
Older people, they need things that can engage their brains so that you can stave off dementia. Mm. Now, if you throw a bombshell of something that they really have to think about and work hard about and create new mental pathways with, it's going to start using those new neurons that get created every day instead of just not using them. And then they stick around. So it'll be for their health as elderly people, Jones. You owe them for their (laughs) health Mm. to drop a neurological bombshell on them. <laughs> on the other hand, my parents regard the church as such a central part of everything that they are. I'd just love to know what they think about those essays. I think I know. So they're like, oh yeah, I've heard the church. Have you read them? No, there's no reason for me to read them. Oh, well, let's read them. Let's pull them out. I'll just bring them up. No. See, here's the church's website. Oh, no. just no. want to read you some of this, mom and dad. Oh, <laughs> no, it's okay, son. We don't need that. Oh, we don't need that. We just love God. Yeah. Mm, all right. Well, fair enough. I understand. Um, there was another bit of news we saw recently. In the UK, the LDS church is going to start requiring background checks. Background checks for all ecclesiastical. Yeah. I think it's specifically for the ones that have anything to do with kids. I'd say that would be the main cause of it. So hopefully that at least happens. From what I understand, Nemo, the Mormon, and the rest of the Brit Vengers actually driving that. Right, yeah. You hear about people who want to stay in the church so they can make a change from within. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I've always regarded that as ridiculous and not possible. But a couple of the Brit Vengers are actually believing members, but they're actually trying to make changes. To be fair, the Mormon church's population in the UK is very small. Right? It's a drop in the bucket, but it's a good start. (laughs) And I imagine it's a lot easier than it is here in the States, especially here in Mordor, you know, Mm -hmm. Arizona, Utah, Idaho, parts of Washington. Because here, we have Mormons fucking running the government. They're so up in arms about, you know, the groomers in quotation oh yeah they ignore the actual underlying groomers the churches yeah you know despite the fact that the number of trans people or drag queens which they equate to the same thing because they're fucking idiots (laughs) never mind the amount of people that are in those populations that have committed crimes against children is so insignificant it doesn't even move the needle at all versus the percentage of people (laughs) who are religious leaders who have committed sexual crimes right is treated with such kid gloves here in this country, mainly because we've let too many religious people into government that they run things. I just don't think they would ever get the traction. In the UK and in Europe in general, and in many, many parts of the world, religion is not treated as hands-off as it is here. I've noticed that. Other places are like, yeah, okay, you churchy people, no, you can't do that. Whereas here we're like, oh, you're churchy people, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, uh, I think in Australia, whenever churches try to get too vocal about stuff, they just kind of get ignored by the general populace. (laughs) It's just like, oh, come on, just pipe down. Mm -hmm. There's a apathy in Australia. Australia, which is kind of good in a way because it's just like, okay, everyone just needs to try and live with each other. Yeah, we're going to not really like each other and we're not going to get what we want, but we just got to deal with it. <laughs> I wonder if it may have anything to do with the founding populations. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> the founding populations of the United States were a bunch of fucking religious extremists who left England and then they were in what, the Netherlands for 10 or 15 years and then left there because they're like, no, we. We can't practice our extreme bullshit religion. 
<laughs> so they came over to America versus, I don't know much about Australian history. They say they were criminals. I suspect that most of those people just owed rich people money. And so they were already people that probably had a different attitude than these religious nutbags that came over and were the start of my country. Yeah, the fact that there were so many criminals is an indication that be lower conscientious people, whereas people in religions tend to be a little bit higher with that personality trait. Or self-righteousness, perhaps. A seemingness of conscientiousness. <laughs> An outward performance of morality. Performative conscientiousness. <laughs> exactly. But yes, you're right. Some of the crimes were very small that they got put in prison for and sent off to Australia. So we wouldn't call a lot of them criminals now. The criminal justice system in my country is bullshit. Although I do hear it's kind of shitty in Australia as well. I suspect that all legal systems struggle, the more populous maybe. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I just don't know how the legal system hangs together, but I'm glad it does. I hope we come up with something better before it all falls down. <laughs> like, I don't think we should do away with it, but just sort of like upgrade it. That would be nice. To something that only AI can imagine. I don't know if I want AI imagining it because it's probably going to be kill all humans. Exterminate. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks for the stimulating chat. Let's do Mosiah 26. Yeah, good luck editing all that bullshit down to something listenable. That's all right. There was some good stuff in there, Jones. <laughs> I don't know if you've been following this. We're kind of getting to the end bit. And the last two chapters, we've been talking about Alma sort of out of the blue. And the last chapter, God takes Alma and his peeps and puts them into bondage by the Lamanites just so that God can release them all later to show how good he is. What a dick move. Yeah, no, God is an asshole. <laughs> He's quick to anger, but slow to forgiveness. For sure. Now, I'm a bit confused, actually, by this opening sentence because they're talking about King Benjamin. Maybe the preview will actually explain it because I don't think we were talking about a King Benjamin. Congratulations, you found one of the places Joseph Smith fucked up. Oh, really? <laughs> of course he did because he's a terrible story writer. King Benjamin was the one who built a tower and who preached to the people. I remember that because I made some artwork for it in Blender. <laughs> Joseph Smith's basically doing a Christian revival. A tent revival, sort of, but on stilts. Let me start with the intro and then I'll do the first three verses. Yeah, go for it. Alright, chapter 26. Many members of the church are led into sin by unbelievers. Alma is promised eternal life. Those who repent and are baptized gain forgiveness. Church members in sin who repent and confess to Alma and to the Lord will be forgiven. Otherwise, they will not be numbered among the people of the church. About 120 to 100 BC. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Now it came to pass that many of the rising generation could not understand the words of King Benjamin, being little children at the time he spake unto his people, and they did not believe in the traditions of their fathers. Hell, I can't believe the words either. Verse 2. They did not believe what had been said concerning the resurrection of the dead, neither did they believe concerning the coming of Christ. And now, because of their unbelief, they could not understand the words of God, and their hearts were hardened. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Too much cholesterol. They need to cut back on their spit roasts and cookouts. Probably deep fried horses. Yes, that's right. Tapirs or... Capybaras. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, no. Capybaras aren't mentioned in the Book of Mormon, so they didn't exist. It was horses and cows. That's right. And sheep. That's right. And goats and mammoths. <laughs> oh, dear. Verse 4, and they would not be baptized. No, why would you? Neither would they join the church. And they were a separate people as to their faith. 
Oh, come on now. How would they all just join into one group? I mean, if anything I've learned about being a non-Christian is non-Christians are so diverse. Just because you leave the church doesn't mean you find family or a group. Uh And they were a separate people as to their faith and remained so ever after, even in their carnal and sinful state, for they would not call upon the Lord. Smitty just likes to simplify everything and put us against them. Story as old as time. It's just Star Wars. And now in the reign of Mosiah, they were not half so numerous as the people of God. So he's back to talking about Mosiah. He realized his mistake. Yeah, no, I figured it out. This is actually after Alma and his people have rejoined with the people of Zarahemla. Back with King Mosiah, who was the son of King Benjamin. Mentioning Benjamin is actually not out of place here. But wouldn't King Benjamin still have been dead because, like, the next guy's on the throne? They're talking about the words that he spake and that were then disseminated amongst all the people because not everybody could hear him from his tower. Because they didn't have a speaker system. That's right. All of these confusing words that we're now reading, they were disseminating amongst themselves. No one would stick around for that. And now in the reign of Mosiah, they were not half so numerous as the people of... Okay, so they were a smaller portion of the populace. They were a minority. The atheists were a small minority. But because of the dissensions among the brethren, they became more numerous. Oh, okay, so the brethren had some dissensions. Oh. Yeah, the brethren weren't one under Christ who wasn't born yet. <laughs> yeah. They're doing churches before church was invented, yeah. Mm-hmm. For it came to pass that they did deceive many with their flattering words, flattering words, who were in the church and did cause them to commit many sins. Therefore, it became expedient that those who committed sin that were in the church should be admonished by the church. Oh, is this where Mormonism gets its excommunication from? Joseph certainly sets the precedence for it. Yeah. But it's not like Mormons were the first to kick out anybody who disagreed with them. Exactly. Verse 7, And it came to pass that they were brought before the priests and delivered up by the teachers. And the priests brought them before Alma, who was the high priest. Sounds like an inquisition. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm. Now, King Mosiah had given Alma the authority over the church. And it came to pass that Alma did not know concerning them. But there were many witnesses against them. Yea, the people stood and testified of their iniquity in abundance. Yeah, this sounds like the witch trials. It really does. Well, look at all these witnesses. They said you turned them into a newt. You're guilty. Let's burn you. Let's hang you from a tree. Dip you in a pond. Let's chuck Alma in the water and see what happens. <sighs> It'd be a reverse baptism, maybe. Break out the dunking chair. Now, there, <laughs> there had not any such thing happened before in the church. This was unprecedented that these people would dare to not follow the church. That's right. Therefore, Alma was troubled in his spirit and he caused that they should be brought before the king. The people took him to the teachers. The teachers took him to the priests. The priests took him to Alma and now Alma's taking him to Mosiah. Uh, They're all just passing the buck. They're like, and he said unto the king, Behold, here are men whom we have brought before thee. Yes, he can see that. Why do you have to say, Oh, that doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Anyway, 
who are accused of their brethren. Yea, and they have been taken in diverse iniquities. Oh, we wouldn't want to be diverse, Jones. No, diverse is bad. You have to be one before the Lord and all white and delightsome. <laughs> I love the way they spell diverse there too. It's just D-I-V-E-R-S. It's diverse. It's snorkeling. Right, yeah. All these people were sitting by scuba diving on the Sabbath. <laughs> That's right. So a witch test wouldn't have worked because they were strong scuba divers. Right. They were all competitive free divers. <laughs> and they do not repent of their iniquities. Therefore, we have brought them before thee, that thou mayest judge them according to their crimes. Oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. But King Mosiah said unto Alma, Behold, I judge them not. Therefore, I deliver them into thy hands to be judged. Oh, it's past the parcel. <laughs> well, remember that Mosiah gave charge of the church to Alma. So he's like, fuck you, dude. I give you a job. Do your goddamn job. Yeah, that's right. Can't wait to see what happens next. I'm a little bit scared, actually. <laughs> All right. Verse 13. And now the spirit of Alma was again troubled. And he went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning this matter. For he feared that he should do wrong in the sight of God. And it came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, Blessed are thou, Alma, and blessed are they who were baptized in the waters of Mormon. Thou art blessed because of thy exceeding faith in the words alone of my servant Abinadi. Ah, God. And blessed are they because of their exceeding faith in the words alone which thou hast spoken unto them. Ah, it's just repeat, repeat. Send it up the chain. Pull the chain down the drain. And blessed art thou because thou hast established a church among this people, and they shall be established, and they shall be my people. Oh my God, really? Did you really just say that, Smitty? He did. Yea, blessed is this people who are willing to bear my name. Yeah, bear all your bullshit so that you can supposedly look good, God. You really have done a number on them. Mm-hmm. For in my name shall they be called, and they are mine. And because thou hast inquired of me concerning the transgressor, thou art blessed. Thou art my servant, and I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life, and thou shalt serve me, and go forth in my name and shall gather together my sheep. 21, and he that will hear my voice shall be my sheep and him shall ye receive into the church and him will I also receive. For behold, this is my church. Oh, look, he's not saying anything at all. It's like Smitty doesn't know what to do with these people. He's meandering around till he comes up with something. Mm-hmm. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance. Baptized unto repentance? What does that even mean? He's talking about dunking in water. But then he says, baptized unto repentance. It's like you're turning it into a whole new Christianese thing. Well, we've already talked about the fact that during this time, baptism didn't really fucking exist. <laughs> That's right. Because suppose that these people did descend from Jewish immigrants, so like they should be Jewish. <laughs> and the Jewish people never had any baptism. No. It's all convoluted bullshit. That's right. More proof, it's horseshit. Mm-hmm. And whomsoever ye receive shall be 
believe in my name and him will I freely forgive. I think Smitty was channeling John 3.16 there a little. Yeah, cribbing off of other books, Joseph would never. Oh wait, yes, he did that all the fucking time. (laughs) Verse 23, for it is I that taketh upon the sins of the world, for it is I that has created them, and it is I that granteth unto him that believeth unto the end a place at my right hand. If I have to bend my brain that much, you can keep your blessings, whatever the fuck they are. Well, I mean, your blessings are basically just to worship him for time and all eternity. Yeah, there's no blessing there. Yeah, it's pretty shit. All right, 24. For behold, in my name are they called, and if they know me, they shall come forth and shall have a place eternally at my right hand. And it shall come to pass that when the second trump shall sound, then shall they that never knew me come forth and shall stand before me. That's amazing. Trump's name is in the Book of Mormon. Well, not only that, we got a second trump, so I guess Don Jr. Oh, no. Fuck me. <laughs> the second trump. Maybe it'll be Eric. <laughs> then we're really fucked. <laughs> the idiot or the crack whore? One of the two. I don't know. <laughs> then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, that I am their Redeemer, but they would not be redeemed. Right, that's right. To be totally in outer darkness, you have to know that God's the Redeemer, but reject Him. That's the whole doctrine, isn't it? Yes, sons of perdition. Mm. And then I will confess unto them that I never knew them. Ah, do you promise? Do you promise, God? Yep. And they shall depart into everlasting party. (laughs) Fire prepared for the cool guy and his angels. (laughs) The devil and his angels. Verse 28. Therefore I say unto you, he that will not hear my voice, the same shall ye not receive into my church. For him I will not receive at the last day. Yeah, I think we get it, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Therefore I say unto you, go, and whosoever transgresseth against me, him shall ye judge according to the sins which he has committed. And if he confesses his sins before thee and me, and repenteth in the sincerity of his heart, him shall ye forgive, and I will forgive him also. Where's this going? To hell. To hell. Yay, and as often as my people repent, will I forgive them their trespasses against me. Take it away, Jones. 31. And ye shall also forgive one another your trespasses. For verily I say unto you, he that forgiveth not his neighbor's trespasses, when he says that he repents, the same hath brought himself under condemnation. Now I say unto you, Go, and whosoever will not repent of his sins, the same shall not be numbered among my people. And this shall be observed from this time forward. And it came to pass that when Alma had heard these words, he wrote them down, that he might have them, and that he might judge the people of that church according to the commandments of God. But he didn't say what to do in the temporal world with them. The temporal world is not important. It'll all be solved in the hereafter. And that's why we have global warming. And Yeah, that's right. That's the difference between religion and humanism, isn't it? Humanism wants to actually think about the 
problems that are here so that we have a hope of trying to solve them. Maybe we can't, but we'll try. And religion is just like, this is a temporary existence and the more important things are going to happen after we die. And they just give up. So let's not even concern ourselves with the hell that we currently live in and that we are forcing on our fellow human beings that we claim are all children of God. But also, if you don't believe God the same way I do, then fuck you. Hmm. <laughs> Theists make me angry as hell. <laughs> That's why, Jones. And it came to pass that Alma went and judged those that had been taken in iniquity according to the word of the Lord. And whosoever repented of their sins and did confess them, them he did number among the people of the church. And those that would not confess their sins and repent of their iniquity, the same, were not numbered among the people of the church. We get it. And our names were blotted out. Right. So you just did what God said, but that has absolutely nothing to do with what happens to them on earth. There's saying, if somebody says that you've done something bad, if you don't agree that you've done something bad and say, I've done something bad and I'm sorry I did this bad thing, then you're kicked from the church. But if you agree with this person who said you did something bad, then we'll let you stay in the church. So even if you didn't do anything bad or you didn't think you did something bad, if somebody accuses you of doing something bad, you've done something bad and you need to admit to it. Wow. Unless you happen to be the prophet of the church and then you could just say, no, I didn't do that. And God says that I'm fine. So fuck you. And you have to forgive me for anything that I didn't actually do. So fuck you. That's right. Take us home. <laughs> 37. And it came to pass that Alma did regulate, <laughs> regulate. all the affairs of the church. And they began again to have peace and to prosper exceedingly in the affairs of the church, walking circumcent cir fuck you, circumscribed not. Circumcisionly. Yeah, exactly. Walking circumspectly before God. Walking painfully. Yeah. Waddling with a bag of frozen peas on their crotch. Walking circumspectly before God, receiving many and baptizing many. And now all these things things did Alma and his fellow laborers do who were over the church, walking <sighs> in all diligence, teaching the word of God in all things, suffering all manner of afflictions, being persecuted by all those who did not belong to the church of God. And they did admonish their brethren, and they were also admonished, every one by the word of God, according to his sins, or to the sins which he had committed, being commanded of God to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all things. The end. So I'm a bit confused because it flipped from the idea that Alma would kind of admonish these people, but then Alma long-sufferingly kept showing these people up, but these people kept pouring afflictions onto him, and mm -hmm. they went before the king. We're not to hurt these people, so that's good, but I guess they were just not in the church anymore. And this blotting out of the names. Right, they were blotted from the church. The blotting out of the names was a spiritual thing. It was not a physical book, as I understood it. You've heard of shunning in religious communities, right? Yes, I have heard of that. It happens. Mm -hmm. Mormons do it not to the extent, say, for example, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or the Amish. They do shunning really well. <laughs> Mormons do shunning, but there's too many of us to really shun. It. It's cafeteria shunning. Right, yeah. Or the FLDS, the fundies down south, they literally kick them from the community. So The F stands 
for full-on shunning. But these fictional people were fictionally shunned from their fictional communities. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for spending your time here reading this horrible book. Yeah, of course. And we're nearly done with Mosiah. I can't wait till we're out of it. Yep. And once we're out of it, I'm going to start roasting saints again, so that'll inject a bit more variety. <laughs> when you finished with Mosiah, you would be more than halfway done with the Book of Mormon. Yay! Whoop, whoop! Yay! <laughs> I'm going to love you and leave you. Thanks so much for joining me, and good luck with your computer game. <laughs> All right. Thanks, patience. Have a good one. See you later. Bye.